This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Are you ready? Yep, ready. All right, guys, welcome to the Full Last Podcast. I'm Jeff Fader, and before we get into it with the royal wedding, the real royal wedding, I got to talk about a couple of, we got to take care of a little business, okay? Number one is Axe Wax. Axe Wax is an all-natural food-safe wax for your axe, if you're for your wood, for your steel, for your leather, whatever you got. It's great stuff. And if you go to axewax.us, put in the promo code FULLBLAST10, you're going to get 10% off your entire order. I use it for wood all the time. I use it for G10 recently. I love it, and I love the fact that it's all-natural food-safe. If you go to the UKKnifesupplies.com, Toby will honor Full Blast 10. He'll give you 10% off, but buy something else because he's going to complain about it. <laughs> he's gonna compl- he, all he does is complain about what he doesn't make. So go get, some, go get yourself something from him. If you're in the EU, Keith Colby over at KnifeMaterial.at will take Full Blast 10. And if you're in Australia, Artisansupply.com.au, that's Gamaco, they're going to take Full Blast 10. And NordicEdge.com.au in Australia will take Full Blast 10. And I just want to thank everyone who came up to Sausage Man Forge, Jamie Bishop at the Sydney Knife Show. Everyone who went up to him and said Full Blast 100 got a tin of Axe Wax. He gave away all this Axe Wax, and it was really cool to see. So thank you so much, Australia. Thanks, Jamie, for doing that. Thanks, uh, NordicEdge.com.au, too. Next is Total Boat. Total Boat is a company that makes adhesives, paints, primers, polishing compounds for boaters. And they realized that uh, the maker community could benefit by all of their products. They make awesome two, uh, uh, two-part uh, high-performance epoxies. Um, it's, it's great stuff. I use their high-performance epoxy. I use their uh, um, ultraviolet e, uh, UV cure clear resin. And it's great stuff. So... The guys like Keith Decent, Derek from Alden, Keith Johnson, Keith Mitchell at Shipwright Skills, Jimmy Duresta, they're all using Total Boat. So if you go to TotalBoat.com, put in promo code FULLBLAST10, you're going to get 10% off all your orders. And it's great stuff. And they work with the maker community, and they're fun guys. And I'm very grateful to Total Boat. So thank you to Total Boat. Next is Trojan Horse Forge. They make the best knife finishing vice on the market. I'm going to tell you why. Most knife finishing vices you think are just for the handle. This, the other side that you can hand sand your knife. You can hand sand a distal taper. It can hand sand an integral bolster. It can, your kukri or whatever the hell you got, something curved. It's going to handle it. So go get yourself one of them knife finishing vices from trojanhorse.com. They, it comes with so many attachments. It comes with rubber backings. It comes for, with pins to, to, to elevate your knife. It, it, they've really thought of everything uh, for flat sanding, for any kind of sanding, for your, just for your you know, handle scales, handle sanding. My, every one of my knives that comes out of my shop goes onto that knife finishing vice twice, one for the blade and one for the handle. So if you go to trojanhorse.com, you can get involved. They do in batches, so you want to keep your eye out with them. And if you put in the promo code Full Blast, you will get uh, you'll get free shipping in the United States. So go get yourself one of them uh, knife finishing vices from Trojan Horse Forge and throw your two by fours away. It's enough for the two by fours. We all hate using two by fours in hand sand. Hand sanding sucks as it is. Once you get something, it's going to make it suck less. Trojanhorseforge.com. That was not their ad read. I just kind of made that up. And the last but not least, I want to thank uh, Maritime Knife Supplies. Uh, Lawrence reached out. He wanted to be a sponsor for the podcast. Uh, uh, Maritime Knife Supplies is an awesome 
knife supply company in Canada, and they make they have everything for your knife making needs: belts, abrasives, steels, kilns, forges, heat treating ovens, anvils, anything you need. And a lot of people say, "Well, they're in Canada. I live in the United States." He takes care of you. He, if you they're competitive, he's competitive with American companies too. So if you need something, go get yourself. Go check out what they got. And if you get a packet of ten uh, belts, your brace of belts, he's going to give you ten percent off, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, he just told me that their steel selection is growing. He just got thirty nine hundred pounds of steel in, with more on the way. So if you go to maritime knife supply dot ca check out what they got you got your you know you want your your, uh, your file guides and all that stuff they have it everything so go get yourself some of that uh, maritime knife supply they're big supporters of the maker community and the knife making community and see what the fuss is about so thanks lawrence and uh we appreciate you maritime knife supply okay <laughs> my guest today my guest today are emma Whitaker and Honor Kagler. They're about to get married. This is the real royal wedding. Are you guys ready for your upcoming marriage? Yeah. Yeah, we are ready. ready. (laughs) You're all excited. All sorted. Yeah. We're ready. (laughs) Oh, man. The final push. So, so, so. I was I was saying before we had to do a couple little edits on this thing because you know I I'm not going to complain about Squadcast on the podcast but I'm complaining about it right now. <laughs> One of the great things was on um, fire the Fire and Steel podcast. Toby took a week off or something, and you two went on and did your own podcast, which was fantastic. Was you just talking just together and you know just doing your own thing? And I read I reached out to Honor and I thought I said we should really do the royal wedding. We should do the royal wedding. This is I grew up 1981. Char, Charles and Diana get married. It was the first time I'd ever really known anything about you know the UK at all, and that was the only thing I really you know at the time it was in the United States it was insane, total insane, total bedlam because it's. The royalty, monarchy, all that is, we have known nothing about it. Zero. Zero. So this, to me, I was like, ah, this is the real, this is in the maker community, this is the real, this is the real royal wedding. <laughs> this is the one that matters. This is the one that matters. <laughs> this, is the import- this, this is the important one. <laughs> so you got every, you got the space ready. You got the guests, you got your food ready to go. Take me, take me to where are you at now? This is coming on a Friday. I think you guys are getting married Saturday or Sunday. What's your level of preparedness for this wedding? Everything's pretty much sorted now. Uh-huh. It's kind of just um, sort of the day before. I'll be running around trying to sort everything out. But other than that, there's nothing more we can do at the minute. Are you Not that Honor's done anything anyway. I got my suit, mate. <laughs> I went to get my suit and I had it fitted. and that's that. Yeah, is... that's the one thing he's had to do. That's enough. Tell and he only picked that up yesterday. <laughs> Tell me about the suit. What kind of suit did you get on it? Um, it's like a, is it like a checkered pattern? Yeah, it's got like a checkered pattern. It's grey, isn't it? Like yeah. grey with like a checkered pattern on. So I wanted something a bit different because obviously like, I feel like in like more modern times, that when I was younger, people just used to get married in like black suits or blue suits. Right. And I've, I've sort, I sort of wanted something a bit different. I mean, the venue that we're getting married is different. So it was like I needed to try and find a suit that was a little bit different, but. I feel like the other, I did try a blue one on and I just, 
I honestly look like a tramp in anything that I mean, I wear. he looks like a tramp in his suit has got some <laughs> wedding suit. But come on, I mean, you have a you have a you you have a rogue quality to you. No, no surprise, your son's name is Rogue. But I mean, there is like this rascal quality to you that I, I would imagine that you know you're looking going to look great in it anyway. You can't polish a turd, can you? <laughs> oh come on, use, come on, don't use that. <laughs> you can't polish a turd. Yeah, but you could, you know, you could dress it up a little bit. I mean, you can just yeah, you can. It up you can... Yeah, you can yeah. throw some glitter at it. So, <laughs> so I mean, tell how many people are coming to the wedding? Um, we've got sixty day guests, and we've got an additional thirty for the evening. So it's not like a massive, massive because Honor doesn't like anyone. So, <laughs> <laughs> is this true? You have no, you had, you didn't invite any guests. I know that uh, well, Toby's bitch that she didn't give him an invitation. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just not a fan of people. That's why I do stuff online. You know, <laughs> I mean, most of the guests we've got coming, he doesn't even like them. So. <laughs> It's kind of like we have to have people there. So, but Emma, don't you realize it's very clear that he's doing this for you? Oh yeah, course he is. When I got married, I really my father had been married four times, so like I had no interest in a wedding. Like that was just like I was like I ain't gonna go down this road. But at the same time, I didn't want my fiance at the time, my wife now. I didn't want her to regret not having that wedding, so I didn't feel the need to. I wanted to elope. I was just like, you know, we could save a lot of money just just not having to do with it but i mean the fact that he wanted to have this for you is a is a very loving gesture yeah he did he did originally want to go to vegas didn't you <laughs> yeah. i mean we kind of should have done that really now yeah the amount of money we've spent and stuff it's yeah. all and then you just get people mourning yeah at, so. the, at the time obviously i was like we'll just go somewhere and get married somewhere else but then she was like oh because people will, will be good if they didn't come but now because everyone's just assholes once it comes to a wedding everyone's an asshole and then now it's like yeah we should have just fucking gone away fuck everyone. it is <laughs> shocking it is shocking how uh much assholes people turn into at weddings yeah like, my old man, my old man who refused, I mean, he, he used to say, he's like, well, I don't have to pay for the wedding because it's the, it's the obligation of the, uh, the, 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 the bride's family. And I was just like, dude, you're not going to help me out a little bit. And he goes, it's not my obligation. And then, <laughs> and then I was just like, well, God. And then he said to me, I need 10 tickets. I need 10 res, I need 10 spots for some of my business partners. And I said, go fuck yourself. You, you couldn't help me out? I'm Forget it. He's just like, it's, it would be really embarrassing if you don't give me those tickets. I'm like, well, good, good. You're about to get embarrassed because you, you couldn't help me. I, I didn't ask for any much, and you, you gave me the shaft. And now, you know, they, I was surprised at how much of an asshole people were. Yeah, it's all, it brings out the worst in people, doesn't it? Like the, It's just petty, pettiness. Yeah. Really? You're getting a lot yeah. of that? Yeah. Just like, oh, I don't want to sit next to them. Or I don't want to be on that table. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. 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 I, I find like people sort of become selfish. Like the one, the one problem problem that I've actually had, well, not not yet, but like one what I'm paranoid about is people trying to make it about them. Rather, and like I've already I said to Emma, like I'm not going to say anything, but as soon as someone starts doing it, like the attention's on them, they'll be getting booted the fuck out of the venue and that's it. <laughs> It is one thing my sisters told me was because I think that there was issues because I had my mother was there and then my dad's wife was there and there was like kind of tension in terms of like there was like my mother was wanted to stand close to me and then my dad's wife wanted to stand close and it was a strange like dynamic and someone my sister turned to me and she says don't let them take away your 
your Barbara Streisand moment. This is <laughs> and they kept yeah. whispering that to me. Don't let them take away your. This is about you. This isn't about them. I found it yeah, very that... stressful. To be honest with you. Yeah, I think that's it, though, isn't it? I've, what, what, I've, like I always, I've said to Emma through the full thing. I've said like it's, it sort of feels like people get a bit jealous because they know it's about like right. it. Well, to to me, I sort of see it as it's, it's more about Emma. Like the weddings are for for women. I think like it's their big day. Like granted, obviously we're part of it, but I mean, a, a man would just get on a fucking dump truck and get married there. He wouldn't really be asked because <laughs> it's. It's it's like it's the joining in it, but w- women like the big day and to feel special. So I, I, f- I feel I do feel like some people they have like that bit of jealousy where they're like, mm. but they, they obviously they don't they don't know it themselves. It's just like a sort of subconscious jealousy where they'll be petty about things and and try and make it more about them. It's just it's exhausting. So Emma, are you excited though? I mean, like everything's all wrapped up, and Honor isn't buying more power hammers, so we can start to <laughs> we can start to make sure that you, everything's squared away. You got your you got everything's everything's ready to go. Everything's ready to go, pretty much. Yeah. Although you don't like dress anymore. No, I'm just having a in my dress. <laughs> honest to God, you just couldn't write it. What happened? Oh, so when I had a disaster with my dress from the start, the shop that I got it from went under and. I paid oh. money for it, and um, they promised to post me, it and it never arrived, did it? We just had a, a right carry-on, and then anyway, I have got the dress now. Um, and I tried it on um, on Friday for the first time since it actually fits me, and I don't like it, so... <laughs> so <what do> <laughs> I'm going to have to wear it, because I've got, what? Well, I'm not going to get another dress in a week, so yeah, like, in less what, than a week. Was it Saturday? No, Friday, you Friday, would say. Yeah. And she was saying, oh, I don't like it. I'm going to try and find another dress. And I was like, mate, we've got a week. We've got one week. It's not a case of just go to a shop and get a dress. I feel like because <laughs> I got it so long ago, because we were supposed to get married so long ago, I feel like... <sighs> Like now, I want I wouldn't have chose that dress if that makes sense. Like yeah, if sure. I was going to go and get one now, I wouldn't have chose it. Yeah, you're um, different now. You're different yeah, now exactly. than when you looked at it the first time, right? right? It was like three years ago, nearly. So oh, you bought it. You bought it three years ago. We were, yeah, yeah. Well, we were supposed yeah. to. I can't remember when it was. We were supposed to get married last time. Well, but it was it last was, year, wasn't it? No. Oh no, the year no, before. No, yeah, it would have been two years. I've had it actually. Sorry. Um, yeah, you're so, changed. Yeah. Two years. You're, you're totally. Your mind is completely different to, from two years ago. So that's stressing me out. Yeah. Well, you're gonna look great. You guys are gonna look great. Uh, that picture you just posted, the two of you standing there, very excited for the wedding, looks great. And it sounds like it's gonna be a lot of fun. Do, do the kids? Do the you're just, your two boys who are just like? I mean, they're fantastic. They're, they're two. Both of them. I know one, Rico and, and Rogue are just they're like real pistols. Do they kind of understand what's happening or? Kind of. They keep saying. Yeah. They keep saying, "Oh, we're getting married." This keeps saying, yeah. "Like, oh, we get. We're all getting married soon." <laughs> Rico understands more, but Rogue sort of like what the, when we first was obviously explaining it to him. He he seems to he seemed to think that it was me and Rogue getting married. <laughs> it was like when we get married, and I was like, "Who?" And he was like, "Me and you, Daddy." Like, no, that's that's not how it works, man. <laughs> They're so sweet. They're so funny. It's great. It's very exciting, and I guess. You got the, is there going to be food at the wedding or, you know, how are we, yeah, going, how, is yeah, it going to be one, two, one venue and that's it or? Yeah. So yeah, we're getting the place where we're getting mar- uh, married. Everything's there. So like, we're not getting married in a church. We're just getting married at the venue. It's like a, it's like an old Victorian house, isn't it? That has, yeah. It's been renovated. It's gorgeous. It's got like loads of grounds. 
Um, it's quite quirky as well. It's isn't it? really like, different. It's sort yeah. of like it's sort of like artsy when you go in it. Like the the, the stuff that they've got in there is like it's real. As soon as we saw it, like we we visited a few venues and like Scarborough's only a small town and like the first two we went to we've been to so many weddings there and it's just like oh we wanted something a bit different but then yeah, when we visited same, same, we visited the one that we're getting married at it was just like we were in there and it was like yeah this is us like this yeah. is exactly how we would want it to be you both seem very relaxed I mean way <laughs> more relaxed than I mean my Everyone. wife was a wreck was a, I mean when we were you know this is like you're talking 20 plus years ago I remember it being a total wreck I also remember I remember a bad story. Well, well, we're gonna there'll be bad stories and good stories today. But one of the stories I remember was I was I was working in the, for this welder, and I got a call on my cell phone. This is like when I'm, this is twenty years ago, so it was like a big cell phone, and I got a call from was my mother-in-law, who just went right off the bat. She says, "Do you understand how expensive it is to rent chairs?" And I don't know what you think we're gonna do, but are you expensive? Just right out of the right off the gate, just screaming at me in the Home Depot about the rental chairs. I'm like, don't worry, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. It was a stress from day one to the end, and I'm just glad that you guys aren't stressed at all. People keep asking me if I'm stressed, and I'm just like, no, like uh, I just think well, there's no point in being stressed about it. Like everything, everything will fall into place. And I think I just wing it too much to even I keep be stressed. thinking like I'm so like not stressed that I've probably forgotten something. <laughs> And then, like, nearer the day, I'm going to be like, oh, my God. Well, but, but I guess it's going to make it a lot more easy for you to enjoy it. I think when people yeah. get too stressed out, they get a little too micromanaging, and then they'll realize that this whole event, you know, passes them by. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, you, you are a stressy person as it is, but regarding this, I feel like I haven't been. Because, obviously, other people, like, in your family, when they get married, the, the females have been, like, bridezillas, like, all your family have been like so and so's a bridezilla, but you aren't really. I think you're just a bridezilla. Like, I just stress about stuff. everything else other than yeah. nothing. <laughs> yeah, because you guys are also moving into a new house, and you yeah, know, you give all, your your whole life is kind of, <coughs> you're changing, you're making a whole turn. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. I feel like we just got so much going on. I'm just stressing about everything else. My mum said the other day. She said the biggest cause for divorce is people uh, buying a house, and she was like, "And you two, cho- you two chose to get married and get a house at the same." Time. Well, thanks, thanks for that. Yeah, I mean, who sells a perfectly fine house to buy an absolute train wreck that it's needs a, a full wreck. house renovation? It is. Well, yeah, in a way, <laughs> we've got to do a full house reno on it. That'd be worth it in the end. I mean that that's that's isn't that honors I mean this is I see full YouTube coverage. I mean, <laughs> this is like baked in baked in content, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it should be. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you, know, you I, I can see you like in your you know your shorts and like the Deadpool mask, just doing all the renovation by yourself with the camera. Oh, he won't be doing any of it. Oh, you won't do. Oh, you don't, won't do it. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, but it'll never get done. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, we're, so, we're we're gonna pay to have it done, luckily, because I mean I would I would do bits, but I'm too busy with work to even Yeah, you're not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> she wants it done properly. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is true. My my wife got me once to do I redid the kitchen one time. I redid the kitchen stem to stern and it was such a I'm still having like a hangover from it. She can't get me to change the light bulb now. Like it, <laughs> I, I can't, I, I won't do anything. Like it's like, it's bad. Oh problem. my God. That has just reminded me of years ago when we were doing our kitchen and I came on from work and you'd put the cupboards. So you'd fit in some new <laughs> cupboards for us. Oh my God. It was fitting some new, um, 
kitchen cupboards and he said he was going to set them all up for when I got home from work. And anyway, they were the ones that, you know, you get the ones that go on the wall above yes. and then you get ones that stand on the floor. So he'd put the ones that stand on the floor just all on the wall, like near the ceiling. <laughs> and he just attached them all to the wall <laughs> and thought it was hilarious. So obviously I came home like, oh my God, what the hell have you done? And he was just laughing his head off. <laughs> well, that sets him up for not having to do any more work. Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you never know what he's going to do. So we've had the, have we had the, you know, United States, we call them bachelor and bachelorette parties. Have you had the night outs with your friends before the marriage? Yeah, we call them the Hindu, which is for the female, and then the stag do for the male. Which how, I had my... how were they? What was yours? You, you had yours first, didn't Mine you? was really good, really good. Yours was mild, though, wasn't it, because you only went yeah, for the day? Yeah, we only went for the day, but that was enough. I don't really drink, so, um, yeah, that was enough for me. I went in a good way when I got home, was I? <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I should maybe post that video, No, mate. absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I've got a funny story for it, because, so, she went to York, which is, it's like, 50 miles away from here. Yeah. And they got they got the train there. And then coming back, the train had been cancelled, but the bus, which they lay on instead of the train, it stops at the train stations anyway. So uh, I don't know what time it was in the morning. Um, no, it would have been about 11 o'clock, wasn't it? It's Emma okay. messaged me saying, can you come and pick me up? So I thought from the train station. So I went to the train station and I was like, I'm here, where are you? And she said, I won't be long. So she wasn't there. So I waited 20 minutes. She still didn't arrive, so I set off home and I got just to the just to the back to the door to the house, and she messaged me again saying we're here. So I went all the way back to the train station, and she wasn't there. So I messaged her again saying where where are you? Ten minutes later, she replied saying she was in Moulton, which is which is only like the second like you leave York and the first stop from York is Moulton because Moulton's like forty miles away from Scarborough. So she was nowhere near Scarborough, and I'd been back and forth to Scarborough train station. To <laughs> I just didn't up. have a clue what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. And then she was trying to get me to get a pizza as well, buy her a pizza when she was nowhere near Scarborough. And I think you you got back about an hour later than when you than when you said yeah, you were already. Long journey. <laughs> well, I mean, that's you know, that's there you go. It's a hen do. And how was the stag do? <laughs> yeah, it was good. We we went to Newcastle for it. Uh, went there day before and stayed over there. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty fun. We went the first place we went to, which D- Danny booked a, a bar where you have it has like um, you know like the computer game shooting thing. So it has a shooting yeah. range, and you just you're in the bar having drinks and food and that, and you are shooting stuff on the TV screen. So that that was pretty fun. And then I saw I th- we went to a few pubs after that, but then I don't really remember anything after that. Oh man. <laughs> So there's no story. You don't have any good juicy stories about your your uh, your nights out. Nothing, nothing sorted. No, I think I think man was pretty pretty mild. But then to be honest, like it all the lead up to the night out, Emma was like paranoid that that something was going to happen, and so I, I, was, I was on a cat have a drink without getting Larry. I, I, no, I can't. what Larry? <laughs> What's Larry? <laughs> Just like wild. Yeah, oh. like wild and. <laughs> Ending up fighting and stuff. That is, do you know, like, I rarely drink, and out of the numerous times we've been out, I've, I've fought once, and that is it. I just think that's just scarred in my mind from last time. <laughs> I just worry about him. What happened? What happened? What, tell me about that. Take me back to that night where you got in a fight. What happened? 
Well, we'd been for like it was after we'd, we'd been to an MMA <coughs> show. Hadn't yeah, we? we went to CSFC because because Rico was fighting, so we went to watch Rico fight, and then we been your out. Son Rico. Rico. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just everyone's just like whoa. Yeah, Rico Franco, who sort of is, right. he's, well, he's called Ricardo, but we call him Rico for short, which is pretty much the reason why we we stole the name for Rico because we liked it. And he he was fighting, <clears throat> and then we were out all night, and we were in the we were in a takeaway at the end of the night, and it was it was busy as I was. Yeah. And I was stood like next to Emma at the takeaway stand, and I turned around, and this guy was like looking at me, and then he just started walking straight towards me. So I was like, "What's going on here?" And then he barged me, didn't he? He barged me, and you told him you said something to him because he was trying. He was like kept pushing me, and then he just started staring at you. Yeah, and then I, I sort of reacted first to I like hit him, and then the full the full takeaway just started fighting. Like everyone in the takeaway was fighting with each other. It was like <laughs> it was like a film. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Oh my god! And it like spilled out onto outside, and I just don't even really remember much of after that. So nobody really knew what was going on, but they just started fighting each other. Yeah, yeah it was oh, crazy. Nice. <laughs> that's, that's the that's how that, that's the best type of conflagration. I guess it's just like. All right, I guess it's time to fight. What are we doing about this? I don't know. We're going to fight. <laughs> I had uh, my bachelor party was uh, tough. It was tough. And one of the reasons why I had a studio in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, and my friends got strippers to come. <laughs> and that was really intense, like in this metal shop with like strippers. And it was like, it was, you know, I won't go into much more detail than that. I actually have friends who are like, high-powered guys who say who told me you can never tell the stories of what happened i mean it, it was intense <laughs> i mean it was real intense and then the one part that the worst part was pre-9-11 and my friend miles my college roommate it was huge into fireworks and he had this five inch titanium uh i guess they called them titanium shells it's like the professional fireworks displays it's like a bomb it's like a bolt it's like a cannonball and he just stuffed it into my bag and then we just went out. We just, it was the drinking and it was just insane. I don't know how I got home, but the next day I had to go to work. And we were going, we go into Grand Central Station. And I was working for this restaurant tour in Grand Central Station, the hub of New York, really. And we were going to a meeting with 50 lawyers. And the, my boss said to me, Hey, Jeff, I need some files. Get me, grab these files out of your bag. And I opened the bag up and there's this bomb in the bag and and all of a sudden and i'm i'm so i'm still drunk like i'm not like i might have gotten two hours of sleep but you know that feeling of like you've been out all night and you thought i just need a couple hours of sleep and you wake up and you know that you're still drunk you show up to the i mean it was the restaurant business so they're not they weren't surprised like no one was like you know it didn't really phase anyone but i'll never forget being in grand central station opening my bag up in this five inch (laughs) giant explosive and this is thank god it was uh, pre 9-11 because they didn't have the dogs you know you know smelling everybody's bags beforehand but it was like it was a terrifying experience Jesus. (laughs) yeah it wasn't good it wasn't good i I told my wife most of what happened but there was uh i mean nothing you know nothing that would have been grounds for let's not get married happened but i mean it was like it got pretty intense and those things those those bachelor parties get very odd a lot of them are very strange yeah well i know like originally what we had planned to do but obviously because of all the lockdowns and obviously the war war with russia and stuff we were going to go to chernobyl and go around there because i'm not like a big drinker and on danny stag do we went to went to auschwitz and then we went like shooting and stuff in in poland and it's just i mean we did go out drinking but then it's 
I find like when you go and do something like that, when you're just drinking, nothing really wild happens. Plus, like, I don't know, like, it's Danny, so no one's going to try and do anything stupid oh, to him. I mean, Danny Mitchell is like, <laughs> he's a legend for anyone listening. Danny Mitchell is an MMA legend, UFC fighter, MMA legend. And it's like, I mean, it's like you can't get in a, in a worse situation than having giving trouble to Danny Mitchell and, and your crew. Yeah. I'm actually surprised he didn't do anything ridiculous for you, Stag Do. Really. Yeah, but he's like paranoid. He's yeah, sort of he's, like he's, he's a bit wary with you and he. I remember when we were, we were actually when we were on his Stag Do, he was all, he was paranoid, and one of the other guys, Jay, he kept saying to me, he was like, Danny's like worried about you going on shooting range, and I was like, I'll be fine. And then I remember like when we were on range, and I was I think I was shooting an AK-47, I'd shot it, and I turned around, and Danny just looked at me, and he was like, are you all right? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And then before my stag do, like I, I mentioned it in, in like the group we've got, and he was like, yeah, well, I just thought you were going to turn around and start shooting us all and say, fuck you all. I was oh like, my God. <laughs> what kind of, what are they, I mean, just because, just because you fought and you're an ex-military and you've been through it, all of a sudden you're going to like turn on everybody? Yeah, I think he was like paranoid that I'd fucking maybe have flashbacks or something and just, uh, just lose it. But I, I told him I'd be fine. But it was... Now, were you really <clears throat> thinking about going to Chernobyl? Yeah. Well, he, originally, because obviously it was before the, the, the COVID stuff and we'd, He'd sent me like the links for all the trips and stuff, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, good to go. We'll we'll do that." And then obviously, like COVID happened, so we delayed the wedding. And then it would have still, we could have still gone, but then the obviously the war happened, so then there's no chance of going there now. So it it, it was it was stopped and taken away from me. Well, it was something what I really wanted to do. <laughs> you know that you know that I was reading a story at one point that Chernobyl has, is selling liquor made from Chernobyl. Like there's oh, like, actually, yeah, there's like a, a Chernobyl like vodka company or something like that where they're in Chernobyl and or something like that. I don't remember. It was one episode of, a while ago and it was all about people where they're using the, you know, the fact that it's in Chernobyl and everyone's just like, mm. you think that's safe? You know, you're, you're like transporting all this like Chernobyl alcohol all over the world. Well, I, I actually have safe. <laughs> I actually have seen um, a documentary about Chernobyl where they were selling off portions of land there really cheap to try and pop, um, to put more population into it. And there was business owners who were like setting up um, factories there because it was cheap, like so cheap to to buy a factory and build factories there and running the business from there. So I wonder if maybe that's one of those businesses what's done that. But I mean, what kind of tourism is, is is the tourism happening there? I mean, obviously now with the war in, in Russia, you no one's going over to Russia right now. I mean, especially if you're like uh, an American basketball player, you're certainly not going to Russia now. But I mean, who's going to Chernobyl now? Yeah, no, no one's going now, are they? But it, well, it, I mean, the the um, like the tourism there was pretty high. I mean, it's it's one of the it's sort of like a niche thing, isn't it? It's like right. a it's this it's the strange and um. I don't know, like, it has, like, a lot of people, because what was it, we watched that TV show, and he was, what was it called, and he, he went to Chernobyl there, didn't he? Yeah, I can't think what it was called, and I it was one of them, I'd want to go there. It was one of them, he goes to, like, loads of strange places, and he, like, visits them, like, he went, he went to loads of, like, he went to a place where they, like, celebrated, well, in fact, we went to one place where the woman was dead, she'd been dead for years, but they get the body out of the coffin every every year or something. And yeah, it was somewhere in Mexico, wasn't it? Yeah, and the, he went to Chernobyl on that, and it's it's like, it, it's all the strange... Dark tourists. Oh, dark, dark tourism, yeah, that's it. So it's like Chernobyl's part of like the dark tourism type thing. Ugh, why are people... Yeah. 
out. It's out of the question. I, I, we, my wife and I, we think about going on vacation. It's what can we do to not have to do anything? Like I don't <laughs> want to have, I don't want any peril, zero peril, and not a lot of traveling. So where are you guys going for your honeymoon? Oh, we're going to Cyprus. Nice. Ayanapa. Oh yeah, Ayanapa. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a struggle at the moment because obviously flights are restricted. We haven't been vaccinated, so it's it's finding somewhere and i think cyprus was the only we were going to go to tenerife work because we love tenerife yeah but you, you have to have loads of checks and that for there and yeah. i think cyprus cyprus you can just fly there as normal can't you yeah we don't have to do any tests or anything that's good well i mean you know we're getting back to it right yeah speaking of getting back to it emma you have a allegory tattoo in scarborough you opened up during the pandemic didn't you or right before the pandemic um no it was after well it was no it was in between the lockdowns, wasn't it? No, I haven't had that shop since we've been in lockdown. No. Oh yeah, so it was, it was, it was right just, after. Yeah, it was just at the end. <clears throat> was it yeah. hard? I mean, how is business and how is opening up? And I, you have a beautiful tattoo shop, and and uh, I, I enjoy looking at all your your images on Emma Wit Tattoo on Instagram. How is it opening up a, a business in the middle of lockdown? It was a big risk, really. Um, it was one of them what I'd wanted to do for a long time. Um, it was just easy working where I was, you know, because I've had the kids and stuff. I didn't have any responsibilities shop-wise. I could come and go as I pleased. But I just, I weren't happy there anymore. And I said to Anna, like, after the lockdown, I just didn't really want to go back. And I just felt like it was the right time to, to go on my own and, um it was it was honor really that just made me do it because i was just i don't know it's a big it's a big risk and he was just like just do it so i did and i'm so busy it's insane really yeah like i'm booked up till the end of the year this year wow that's awesome i'm like not taking any more bookings at the minute because i just i don't have enough time (laughs) (laughs) i can't fit everyone in that's amazing. And then you have other people with uh, with spots or is it just you working there? Or? So it's just me working there, tattooing. I would like another tattooist in there, but it's finding one. It's, it's you know, it's a bit of a weird job. Um, there's not loads of them kicking around. And then the people who I do know who do it, they either have their own shop or they work in a shop for someone. So um it's just finding someone. If the right person comes along, then yeah, I'd love I'd love to get someone else in with me. The tattoo game is so fascinating. I have friends who are. Ta- I mean, I've been tattooed for you know twenty years or something like that, and my friends are tattooists, and I do enjoy talking to them and seeing how the business is. And it is. It's not easy. It's not easy because there's a lot of you know the first guy. You know the first guys who come in, they're the ones who clean up and prep your stations, and there's so much preparation involved that it become it is very hard to like find good people that you can count on and these guys get real popular super duper quick and then yeah. next thing you know maybe they get to feel like they don't need to come in so often you know mm, yeah yeah and the, there's like the other side, over end of the spectrum as well obviously like in Scarborough there's so many people who are who have tattoo shops in Scarborough and they're so fucking shit and it's like that I don't know where they've learned or anything they've just they just it, start yeah, it <clears> is <throat> it is bad cuz i think there is a there is a lot in Scarborough who have kind of like self taught, which is absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think you know they, they do a little bit and think, oh, I can tattoo and then open a shop because like anyone can open a tattoo shop. Like you could open a tattoo shop if you wanted to. They don't care how good you tattoo. Like the council just care about cleanliness and right. obviously making sure everything's sterile. Um, so there is a lot 
in Scarborough that, you know, are really, really bad, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, I see some stuff and I just think, how can anyone even put that on someone's body? It's annoying, it's frustrating, because I think that's someone's body and they're paying for it. And they've got to walk around with that forever. And just they just don't, I don't know, some people just don't have any pride in the work. And what it is frustrating. Uh, one thing about your work too, so your work, your work in, in and of itself is much more... Uh, it's not as stylized. It's not you don't do you don't do that old school style. Your work is very shaded, lots of shading, and it's very detail oriented. The shading is what gets me with your work. It's very like intricate. It's your work is very intricate. So I can imagine how difficult it is to find the people who want to come in. They walk off the street and says, "Can you give me like the Sailor Jerry, you know, monkey bending over saying hello." <laughs> I mean, is, is it, is you get a lot of, you have, you have specific people coming specifically for your work. To be honest, I, I do do like all kinds of styles. Um, I, there's not many stuff that I really turn away. I don't do like traditional, which is the big thick lines, big right. block color. It's just not me. It's, I just don't do it. Um, but most people come to me for like black and gray realism. Yeah. Um, but like I say, I do, I do do other other stuff as well. It's just not very often, but it is nice to do like different things sometimes, like color. I don't, I don't get to do a lot of color work. Yeah, uh, but I do love doing it. But black and gray is like the in thing at the minute. How did you get your start? Um, I kind, I, well, I went, I went to, I went to college to do art, um, and I kind of left there, not really knowing what I wanted to do. Um, and it wasn't until I'd, I, I think I turned 18 and I'd gone and watched someone getting tattooed and I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, as if you're doing that with a needle, like I'd never seen it before. Um, and then the guy at the time who was tattooing, I was just like picking his brain saying like, how do you learn to do it? Blah, 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 blah. Um, and he kind of just said, you need to get an apprenticeship, but they're not, you don't get paid for a tattoo apprenticeship. There's no government funding for it. So you technically have to do it for free. Right. Um, so he wouldn't teach me. And that was that really. I kind of went away and bought my own um, tattoo kit, like literally off eBay. It's horrendous, really. <laughs> and I started tattooing my friends, obviously not having a clue what I was doing. Um, and then I actually ended up getting a tattoo apprenticeship with the guy who I'd originally asked. Um, so, yeah, I started, started working there. Um, and then I left there. And went to a different shop. Um, he taught me a lot more, actually. The, the guy who I originally worked for, he was kind of just like wanted money, didn't he? He was, yeah. he was, he was just greedy. <clears throat> and I think I should have had more practice before he let me tattoo actual people. Um, but he just wanted to make money. So he, was, he had me tattooing people when I shouldn't have been, really. I mean, to me at the time, it was good because I was like, oh, my God, yeah, I can start earning money now. But... It's bad now when I look back and I think I've done a lot of bad tattoos on people <laughs> a long one, time ago. And I want, you know, I, I wanted to, one take that I, I, I do a lot of conversation, talking with a friend of mine who's a tattooist. And we both, we were, we were both talking about it. You know, people make jokes about certain tattoos, like tribal tattoos. People love to make jokes about tribal tattoos. But I don't think people realize in the 90s, tribal tattoos were keeping the lights on. If it wasn't for, if it wasn't for tribal tattoos, a lot of these guys wouldn't have gotten through tough times. So I want to give a shout out and I was saluting people who got t tribal tattoos because I think you saved a lot of people's, you know, bacon. 
Yeah, that's yeah. on it. He's got lots of tribal. <laughs> All these tribal tattoos and ankle tattoos. Those are the ones that oh, pay the God. bills, right? If you if you got um tribal tattoo then I don't have a tribal tattoo. I do have a Japanese symbol, like a like a not a not Japanese words. It's like a a family crest. That was the first tattoo I ever got. But I don't have anything tribal. Like I I didn't feel that. I just didn't see. Here's the interesting thing, and then maybe you see what you think. I mean, I you know I would imagine there are certain types of people who, when they get tattoos, they they're very specific, and they're very like they're very very specific on what they want, what they're going to put in their body. And then there are other guys like me who would prefer like to be like one of those suitcases with like the stickers all over it. Like I, <laughs> I don't mind. I have a couple of them that I'm not super happy about, but it's just like, that's, that was just part of my life at a certain time. And I'm also the kind of guy who like, I had a kid who, my, the kid who designed my logo when he started as a tattooist, he needed practice. And he asked me if he could do a tattoo on me. And I'm like, of course, I feel like that's the type of tattoo guy I am. Whereas like, guy needs some guy needs some practice and i just nominate i just said give him give him hell i mean it sucks but it sucks but i mean I, uh, no tribal tattoos no no honest yeah, honest a bit like that though you've got loads of random tattoos yeah. on your arm i mean yeah that's why i feel like I, I like it though because too many people now like they've got like the full body suit and it's just like eh, yeah yeah but I, like i've got like everything just man's just mismatched like you say that's probably the best way i've ever heard it explained is just like the the stickers like like sticker bombed in it yeah <laughs> my body's just sticker bombed with random as fuck shit tattoos and some good ones but it's, it's also you know it's funny because it's very it's not too dissimilar to being a, when you know we talk about knife making and mm. we talk about how you know a lot of knife makers say i wish i could take this stuff back that i used to make you know i've gotten so much better now but tattoos are very similar because they're, they're it's like a milestone in your life so yeah. regardless i mean obviously you can't go from the you know you can't look into the future and say what am i going to look like or what's going to or how am i going to change my opinion so it's like this milestone in your life that you just have to just say okay that's what happened when i was 18 i got that you know tramp stamp when i was 18 that's the way it is i know a guy i know a guy who really should have looked into the future and he was he's like this high powered executive and and uh he, he's got the he's got a he's got a a uh, very popular comic book character uh, 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 name. His first name is, is also could be like a, a god at some point. And he had a uh, he had a, a lightning bolt tattooed on his back, where the end of it is at the crack of his ass. That's the only <laughs> tattoo he has. It's like the Shazam bolt on his back that just leads to his ass. And it's just like that one I might have thought really thought hard about. It's big too. <laughs> It's big too. It's like you know, it's like the size of a toaster oven. It's bizarre. Like so, when he stretches, all of a sudden you see the, like this crack. You know, this like lightning bolt headed towards his ass. Bizarre. <laughs> How random. I mean, not really random. He liked his name, and I, I think that was the the idea was is like you know, I I can't tell you, but I think that you know, there's certain people get tattoos, and and I I would imagine it's it's. I'd be interested to hear how you deal with your customers. You customers. Obviously, they come in, they know what they want, or they think that they know what they want. Do you enjoy working with customers, Emma? Um, no. No, I don't. <laughs> Do you know, it's... People are difficult. Yeah, some people are really good. They know what they want, and they're really easy. Some people come in, and they're like, I like what you do. They give me ideas, and then they're like, I'm happy for you to do what you want, which is great. But then I have other people who also say i'm happy for you to do what you want and then they'll come back to me and be like so specific 
like with the tiniest detail of what they want. So it's and people change their mind yeah. all the time. So I can spend hours drawing and then last minute they'll change their mind and they want something else or yeah, people can be assholes, can't yeah. they? I, I always say to her, it's it's like the same as custom knives. It's the it's the same sort of clients, you know. Like you'll get some who who are real, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, you just do your own thing, and then you'll get some who like want fucking random as fuck, fucking shit. And yeah, but I mean, you know, you buy a knife, a kitchen knife, you put it in the drawer, and they forget about it. You know, like, <laughs> you, know you get like uh, you know you get like a Disney character on your arm, and it all of a sudden looks like somebody else. I mean. They, they, <laughs> <laughs> they know what it is. I would think that I just out of curiosity. I mean, how much time when you get when you book a, cu- a customer, how much time are you spending preparing for that session? See, this is a bit that people don't see. I spend hours, like literally my working day is longer than most people's because I tattoo all day. And then when I get home and I have tea and sort the boys, put them to bed, then I'm sat drawing all night until I go to bed. Um, so it, it hours, I can spend hours on a tattoo before I've even sat and tattooed it. It's insane. Yeah, time that you're not getting paid for it. Yeah, and it's time that I don't get paid for. So... If, you know, I could do that, I could spend two hours doing a design for someone and the next day when they're getting it done, they they might not turn up or they could get there and be like, oh, actually, I thought, you know, we can change, I want to change this or it's, yeah, assholes. You know, I think (laughs) most people don't realize how much goes into preparation for a tattoo. No, I don't think they do. I think they just think they turn up, sit down and get their tattoo done, but they don't see everything that comes with it. I don't know. See, that's that's what I would be worried about is, and, and I don't, I'm interested in how you organize your time because I mean you're you're booked out through the year. Like, how far out are you looking at? All right, so you're ta- let's say you're tattooing someone on Friday. Let's say it's just Monday. You're tattooing out someone on Friday. How fa- how when are you starting preparing for that session, or have you already got that squared away and you're on to somebody else? Um, so Tuesday night is usually the night where I start preparing. Um, everything for the week i don't get them all done on tuesday night so it's and then i'm doing it every night after that so i'll do as much as i can on tuesday night and then every night after that i'm drawing (laughs) so sometimes i'm not drawing for it until it's the night before wow and i I just don't i just don't have the spare time to like i don't have I, i only have two days off a week um and one of them I spend obviously with honoring the kids and then my next day off is usually like housework shopping doing everything that I can't do through the week so I'm quite limited for time the only time I have really is on an evening when the kids are in bed so I mean it's it's if are you spending more time doing the drawing or the tattooing because it's for me the one thing that I never understood was I mean I know that you got the drawing done, and then you put it through the machine that turns it into a transfer paper. You you put it on someone's sweaty arm, and it, you know, and then the tracing comes. <laughs> I got a funny story about that. And then, uh, and then, um, I don't understand how you know you hold you stretch the skin tight, and I just don't understand how. I don't understand how hard it is to make sure that you're getting that drawing done right with the because your work is so. There's the gray. I was, I mean, that was what I was noticing. The, the shading and the grays and the, and it's very distinctive in people's faces and it doesn't look weird. It looks normal from the photograph. And how do you do it? So it doesn't look all distorted when you're pulling on someone's skin. Um, 
I don't, <laughs> I don't really know. I just, I kind of, it's, I don't know. I do it every day. It's hard to explain. I know, obviously, you don't always have to stretch the skin. Depending where you're actually tattooing on the skin, you don't have to stretch it. Like, legs and stuff are quite firm. Um, so you don't really have to do much stretching or pulling um, on them. I would what's say. Your, what's your least favorite place to tattoo? Um, ribs, probably. Because people bitch, right? <laughs> yeah, not only that, they're just because they're not a flat surface. Things can look distorted, depending depending on what you put on them. Like a lot of people think they can have certain things on it, and and it just doesn't work. It's like one of so one of the tattooists around here um, recently has put a pocket watch on someone's throat. And if someone had come into my shop and asked me for a pocket watch on their throat, I would have said, no, I'm not doing it because it's not a flat surface. Once you put something circular on there, it's never going to be circular. It's always going to be distorted. It's never going to look completely circular. So it's the same with ribs. It just, you know, there's too much movement and too much, you know, curves to to put certain things on there. So they can, they, they, and obviously they're very, very painful. So what's the, it's not, it's not a good area. <laughs> what's the weirdest request you've re- you've gotten and you've done? Um, do you know I don't really get that many weird requests. Well, you had, you had, no, you had a guy who asked you if he'd tattoo his baby. His what? Oh his yeah, what? that that was a long time his, ago. His genitals. Yeah. Um, a guy had come in the shop and said, oh, he was with all his mates and he was drunk. And he was like, oh, will you, t- will you put a tattoo on my dick? And I'm like, just laughing about it. And I said, oh, well, I'll have to see it first, you know, to know whether I'll be, <laughs> to know whether I'll be able to tattoo it or not. You know, because I just thought it'd be yeah. like, oh, no, it doesn't matter. You tell them the, watch, the stopwatch thing, they can't get it completely circular. <laughs> So I was just kind of like, thought it'd be like, oh no, it doesn't matter, I'm more accountable. Anyway, it just flopped it out, didn't it? So then I you just, did? yeah, yeah, I just flopped it out. So I was like, ah, I'm just running to the back. I was like, I'm not going back out there. But yeah, I, we used to get stuff like that all the time in that, um, when I used to work at that shop, because it was near the beach and near loads of pubs and people used to just come in steaming and ask for stupid stuff, like a yeah, camel, a-, a camel on my toe and stuff. Oh my god! Yeah, because that, that one there, the beach is pretty high for tourism. Minute like tourists going in and out of it. Yeah, just like off the beach. Do you think you'll ever grow to the point where you'll be? I mean, nowadays people seem to think that you can walk in and get a tattoo. I don't think there are a lot of places where you can do walk-ins anymore. Like no. it's few and far between. You know, you got to be a pretty flea bag operation if you can do walk-ins. I think, to be honest, I think there's one, only one place. Like, there's quite a lot of tattoo shops in Scarborough, and there's only one who does it, and that's because he's an old school guy, and that's what he's always done, and he's just not like Rob. That's all. He I does, do, yeah, it? I just feel like people don't want like walking tattoos anymore. Yeah. You know, stuff like off the wall, like. It's just not what people have. Well, yeah, anymore. modern tattoo shops now. You don't have the booklets and stuff like they yeah. used to. It's just. It's all custom stuff, isn't Even it? Now? Flash is still so popular in, in, in the United States. I mean, I, I wouldn't know. say it's not here. Absolutely not. No one wants huh. Flash anymore. Yeah, that, the, I think yeah. out of all all the tattoo shops in Scarborough now, I'd say there's probably only one of them who actually still has Flash, and that's the guy who does it. Um, he does walk-ins, but everyone else just does everything custom. Yeah. Don't no they? one, no one wants stuff like that anymore. They all want it custom drawn up to exactly how they want it. And I was thinking about the two of you because you're both very creative and you both have a have a, a customer base 
that is really kind of asking for, and I know, you know, Emma, you have more people asking for something specific, but, but, but honor you do too. You have people who want something specific and you both kind of be creative in a custom way. Do you, is it, it's, is it, and you, a, a lot of times you don't see creative people living together, being couples. I think creative people being couples is tough because there are, I, I used to date a sculptor and it was a real problem. It was a real problem because it was more along the lines of it was like, there was a lot of com- competition and there was like jealousies and it got very strange. I mean, but you're both creative people working for customers. Do you see any similarities between what you're both doing? Yeah, we do. We do. We do see some similarities, don't we? I think. Yeah, but I've, yeah. But I don't think it don't cause a problem. Do no, I feel like we kind of no, help I mean, each other. If anything, like we help each other, don't we? Like I help you do your thumbnails. Yeah, while well, you pick stuff. Yeah, I do. Them and I help you live your daily life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you help by, by screwing the the bottom cabinets up on the wall. Yeah, <laughs> causing mayhem. Causing mayhem. Yeah, always. So I was actually, I was thinking, uh, I found this website and I found this uh, questionnaire and I, I, I thought maybe I could ask you, uh, Emma, you can decide if, if this is true or not. It was from BuzzFeed and the, and, the, and the article was tattoo artists are sharing overdone designs people should stop getting and points that were made. And there were all these tattoo designs that people are sick of. And I wanted to know your take on whether or not you're sick of them yet. Right. Okay. You ready? Yep. Wrist or back tattoos with inspirational words like faith or just breathe. Do you know I've never done any of them? No one's ever asked me for, for stuff like that. Well, that's then, then how lucky are you? I know. Or endure. You get some, you get some guy who wants to endure on his arm. You know that? <laughs> Random. All right. Here's another one Deathly Hollow symbol from the Harry Potter series. Apparently, people don't want that. Yeah, I have done a few of them. Not a lot, though. Not loads. I've done, yeah, probably a handful. There is the Disney princess tattoo. It was requested all the time, and it makes me want to head for the hills, one tattoo artist says. I am actually doing a full um, Disney leg sleeve at the minute. <laughs> but I saw it's that. actually it It's actually the only one that I've ever done, though. So, so you got to keep him. Been... you got to keep yeah. that person, no matter yeah. what. Number four is little sun slash moon combinations. Yeah, I've done a lot of them. Uh, are you sick of doing them? I, uh, yeah, they are, <laughs> they are. They are very, very common now. The number of women aged eighteen to twenty-five who ask for little tiny birds flying freely is astonishing. Yeah, they're very, very common as well. <laughs> Behind the neck, a cluster of tiny music symbols on someone's wrist or ankles. No, I don't know if I do, no, I don't think I've done any of them. Outlines of mountains. No. Matching couples tattoos, specifically of a cartoon character. There's like one guy's got Snoopy and the one guy's got Woodstock. No, not cartoon characters. People around here like to get king and queen crowns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. They love a lot of them. They love the monarchy. Love the monarchy. <laughs> Can't get enough of them. <laughs> Number nine is a tiny elephant. Tattoo artists are sick of tiny elephants. No. Here's a good one. Here's a good one. A uh, basic quotes written in the Disney font. You get any of those? I used to, yeah. When I used to work at the old shop near the beach. Yeah, a lot of them. The Disney font. The Disney font is uh, is something else. That's hilarious. Is this woman's got on her ribs and says, keep moving forward. God. <laughs> the infinity symbol on someone's Yes. Ribs. Oh, my God. Yeah. Loads of them. 
a tiny tattoo of something nautical, like a single wave anchor on the wrist. Anchors. Loads of anchors. Uh, God, this is t- these are taking me back. I haven't done I haven't done some of these for a long time. Yeah, I know. You you got you've kind of cre- you've, you've you've edged yourself out with your new shop with Alan. Yeah. Shop and take care. Don't do uh don't do just breathe. <laughs> 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 knuckles. I'm not gonna, that. Get the, not gonna get just breathe. Uh, any combination of Harry Potter or another comic book series of the same tattoo, Cat in the Hats, and stuff like that. No, I've not done any cat in the hat or anything like that. How about a, how about a micro tattoo of a single flower? Yeah, don't know what Do you know what? Is I'm I'm waiting for you to say it, a lion and a rose with a crown. <laughs> that's getting, what I'm. That's what I'm waiting for. Getting down there. I'm getting down there. There's a lot of there's a lot of I've, complaining tattoo guys out there. I think though, Buzzfeed is American though, isn't it? So it might not like not all of them are going to be. I feel like lion with a rose and a crown is like the main. The, it's so common. Everyone wants it. They're like, oh, I really want a tattoo. I want something really different. And then they show me and it's just like a rose with a lion and a crown. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, that's definitely not different. But whatever you that want. That must be a UK thing, right? The lion oh, is very... must uh, be. You know. Uh, matching tattoos where a person is the ying symbol and the other person is the yang symbol. No, I've never done that one of them, actually. Uh, anything on the side of the finger like a tiny mustache? Um, people do ask for the side of the finger a lot, but I don't tattoo the side of the finger. Why not? It just doesn't stay in. The, it, it's the skin on the side of your finger. It, it's quite um, it's quite tough skin, and I think you use your hands for everything. It just wears away. It doesn't stay in. It goes really patchy, okay. and it looks awful. They're weird. Tattoos are very weird. You, have you seen, Honor, uh, uh, you must have seen Ben uh, Ueda did like the, he, he designed a tattoo on his arm that was every measurement that he would ever need. So it's like a series of lines on his arm. It has <laughs> all these different, like it looks like a design, but it really is specific measurements. Yeah. Okay, I would think that, that would be really hard because what if you're off by like a centimeter? It's just like yeah, yeah, it would be difficult, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, I feel like I was, that is pressure. That <laughs> I can't think of the, the oh, I can't think of his name. It, it, not Jamie Heineman, the other one. He's he's got a ruler on his arm, hasn't he? I think that's the only tattoo he's got. I can't think of his name now. Him who does the? Uh... I've seen bass fishermen get like a like a, a yardstick on their below their knee so they can make <laughs> fish. That's, that's pretty, I don't know. About, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like any, anything what you transfer from like a like a. Like putting some calipers on your skin is just not... <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be funny if you did calipers between your fing- first finger and your thumb. <laughs> you know? What's a caliper? What? What's a caliper? They're measuring things like I am. Number 17 <laughs> is a literary quote that covers the person's entire arm. Like uh, this woman has on her arm. In this, In the end, we always wear out our worries. Oh no! And then the last, and then the last two are a single word like "be" or "go" on the ankle, and nothing else. No, they're really random. And then a chip. Apparently, number nineteen is uh, a tattoo of Chip from Beauty and the Beast on a person's shoulder, specifically so they can say they have a chip on their shoulder. Oh, for God's sake! No, actually, I haven't done that. Yeah, I feel like all but those. Chip is are, cute, though. I would tattoo Chip. I feel like all those are pretty American. Like I think common English ones are like Emma said. It's where people get like a picture of a camel on the toe for camel toe. Um, 
what do they they get they get fuck off written on the thing on the middle finger down the side is it yeah um i try to think of like english as fuck stuff or like a bulldog with boxing gloves on oh my god <laughs> yeah or like, a dolphin <laughs> yeah or a dolphin dolphins are really english one a dolphin with a fucking on your shoulder blade a dolphin yeah. But I mean, Emma, you now are, you, I mean, allegory tattoo is like, I mean, you're so, you're booked up. I mean, you're not getting these small pieces anymore. Are you doing small work anymore? Is it all? No, like I, I don't really format? do a lot of small work at all. I haven't, no, I just don't, I don't, I don't have time. Well, I said I don't have time. The thing is like small things, people think, oh, they're just small and they don't take long, but sometimes they're really fiddly and they do actually take a lot longer. Um than what you actually get paid from. It's it's not actually worth the money, the faff of them. Um, so, yeah, if someone asks me for stuff like that, I just say no. I don't have the time anyway. I'd rather sit and do, like, a big piece for, for a few hours than loads of little stuff. What's the weirdest tattoo you've... you've ta- I know you tattooed on her. I know, I know. And, I, and he and I have talked... Per, I, mean, I think he and I... You, you're much younger than I am, but I'm at the age... I hate sitting in a chair. I hate being the old guy in the shop, too. Like my friend, my friend and I are around the same age who owns the shop and he's got all these like Gen Z and millennials running around and you listen to them and you just want to like, you want to slit your wrists. I mean, they are, they, I mean, they are, they're on, they're just like, I, he and I talked to each other. I said, I said, I don't know how you hire these guys. He's just like, dude, I don't know either. Like, yeah, we have no idea what they're talking about, but it's, I hate being the old guy in the tattoo shop. What? And I also hate sitting there and I know that honor, I think you're sick of getting tattooed too. Yeah. I hate it as well. Though. I don't like getting tattooed. It's the worst. It's it's the worst. You get to a certain age and it's the worst. Yeah, it's awful. I've been getting my back done recently because I had an awful one on my back and it was it was really really big. It was the full top of my back and I've had it all lasered off. Um, and I wanted it all covered for the wedding, so I've been having it done. And honestly, the pain is just unreal. I had to get some numbing cream because I just couldn't. I couldn't sit and get it done. So, is it finished for the wedding? Yeah, I've still got some more to do on the bottom, but the bottom doesn't matter for now. It yeah, was, I was, covered. it was, yeah, it was the top that I was bothered about. So yeah, it's all done. You don't want to put any like, you don't want to be coming out in your wedding dress with some saran wrap on your back. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> That's a, that a no go. That is a no go right there. That would be that would be right in there for like best wedding picture ever. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's for. not a good look. That. That's a terrible look. <laughs> I was I was actually thinking I was thinking about you guys for the wedding and I found these uh you know uh there I found I'm gonna give you the choice I'm gonna give you the choice a weird wedding tra- uh, traditions of the world and I have also uh I have some like bad wedding stories that I found on the internet like caterer and bride arrested recently right, let's just do this one first. So this happened in the United States. A caterer and bride were arrested after alleging, allegedly lacing the wedding reception meal with marijuana. Oh, my God. I think I read something about that. You, I think I... Can you guess on what state of the United States it's in? Take a guess. Where would this uh, wedding I, would, I don't have a clue. Fucking Florida, obviously. Florida. I mean, anytime there's a weird story, Florida is always the number one destination <laughs> for weird stories. So a Florida bride and caterer have been arrested for allegedly serving cannabis-laced reception dinner to guests without their knowledge. The Seminole County Sheriff's (laughs) Office said Thursday, police said that the guests on the February 19th wedding were not told that the food contained marijuana and became sick. Jocelyn Brandt, the 31-year-old owner of a catering company, and Danya something or other, a 42-year-old bride, were arrested and charged with delivery of marijuana and culpable negligence under the Florida anti-tampering laws. 
The Seminole uh, County Sheriff's Office told the CBS News that the officials responded to the wedding party of 50 guests after a 41-year-old guest reported feeling like they were drugged. They were drugged inside inside the wedding, even though they'd only had food and alcohol. Uh, yeah, I definitely read about this on Facebook. Many guests at the reception were reportedly extremely ill and high. Some of them were vomiting <laughs> and were, were, request, were requested to be taken to the hospital. Others were treated at the scene by first responders who reported their symptoms were consistent that of someone who had taken illegal drugs. According to the affidavit filed in the Seminole County uh, Sheriff's Office regarding Bryant's charges, several guests were treated the hospital, took urine tests, came back positive for cannabis. One wedding guest told authorities she'd seen Bryant putting a green substance into olive oil before serving it. She said it looked and smelled like marijuana shakes, which is all just a, uh, uh, looked and smelled like marijuana shakes, which are small scraps that fall off larger amounts of marijuana. According to the affidavit, the woman added that she later asked both Bryant and, and what's her face if there was weed in the, olive, in the olive oil, and they both said yes. <laughs> Imagine. I just think as if he would. Like, what did they expect? Like from that, really? In fairness, though, we went and met with the woman who does the drinks for hours and asked her if she could drug some of the drinks. Oh, he did actually. Yeah, <laughs> he actually did say that. Do you know what? I was fuming with him as well. <laughs> I was proper mad with him. He was really embarrassing. He kept saying stupid things. No, I didn't. You did. She was laughing. It was I worth think it asking. It was more of an awkward laugh. It was worth asking. She could have drugged a few people's drinks. She could have fucked off early. <laughs> Everyone would have been happy. Uh, well, you would have been happy. Yeah. <laughs> if I have to drug them myself now, I know how to do it. <laughs> well, now you know the secret. Get some get some olive oil. Dump in the olive oil. Give them their drink. Hey, you know, I hear that you put a floater of this olive oil in your drink. It's going to make the drink better. <laughs> I'm amazed. I'm amazed that people do this. Did you hear about Britney Spears' wedding? No. She was no. very upset. This is a very strange situation. Britney Spears was shaken up after her ex-husband was arrested on the wedding day. Britney Spears' ex-husband, Jason Alexander, was arrested June 9th at her wedding venue after a trespassing incident. Uh, Britney Spears is shaken after her ex-husband, uh, the singer's ex-husband, was arrested after trespassing on the Los Angeles site where she married her new fiancé just hours later. I'm here to crash the wedding because nobody's here. Nobody here accepts me. What the fuck? Where the fuck is the family? He was just, her ex-husband was raging, <laughs> raging. This is, he's running out. He's, he's invading the wedding yelling. Uh, there's bullshit. This is a bullshit wedding. Ventura <laughs> County know. Sheriff uh, told E they responded to the trespassing call on Thursday on the scene. The police realized Jason was out of, had an out of County warrant for his arrest and was arrested for shaking the station. Uh, the stem warrant from two felony charges of grand theft and buying and received stolen property. So you, do you think yeah. you guys have any people who might be crashing your wedding? <laughs> just loads of exes turning up. <laughs> yeah. Just em, just Emma's mum when they say, "Does anyone object?" And your mum will probably say, "Yeah, I do." Ask me. No, that'll be my window cleaner. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with your window cleaner? <laughs> he's got a crush on her, so <laughs> although he's married, so. So we got to worry about the, are we, are are we worrying about the window, the window cleaner of the tattoo parlor? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to run in when they say, does anyone object? He's going to run in. I don't think I'll be worried about that at all. You don't worry about that? No. I I feel like, I feel like I'm pretty safe. At one point, my dad made the joke that he was going to say something. (laughs) And I said to him, like, this is not the time to be funny. 
I feel like someone will say something. I feel like Honor will probably say something stupid when they say that. that there is something very, it's a real spotlight stealer. It's a real narcissistic move to just you know, kind of make a joke. <laughs> yeah, that's why I need to say it first. <laughs> oh, so what would you say? That's when you like cough or like make an awkward cough or something like that. The fake cough. I'd probably like, I'd probably, if they say it, I'd probably turn around and say it like Emma's mum's called Joanna. I'd go, Joanne. <laughs> I go out to say You can't do that. I could do. I might do. He doesn't like my mum. All right. Well, these things. So happen. it's just—it's um... not that I don't like her. I just think she's a bit of a twat. She's a bit selfish. <laughs> she's a bit selfish. My dad used to tell me. Well, my dad been married four times, so any wedding advice, any marriage advice from him was kind of off the table. <laughs> he used to say to me, "He used to say to me, I just want you to know, you marry the woman, not the family." I'm like, well. I mean, that's easier said than done, Mr. Married Four Times. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, I don't need any advice from you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I yeah, found but, another. What would you say? Oh, well, I was going to say that the my boxing coach, Pete, he came and he spoke to me not long ago while I was at work. And he was trying to give me marriage advice. And I was like, Pete, how many times have you been married? And he's been, he's, he's on his fifth marriage. And I was like, I'm not taking fucking marriage advice off you, mate. And he was like, why? I've had loads. And I was like, yeah, exactly. You're not very fucking good at them. <laughs> why do people who've been married a lot think that they have good advice? It's weird, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's 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 totally like out of control. I mean, it's like, and they don't even realize that they're not the ones. The one, th- <laughs> the one thing, and my dad was at a was at a, an anniversary party and he was furious because they somebody made a speech and he says, you know, I'm just... I'm kind of like Ben, I, I, my dad. He says, if you added all of dad, Ben's marriages together, it would have been the same amount as, as he would have been married just as long as we have. It was like this very awkward conversation. He was just like, I didn't like, he didn't like being told that he'd been married so many times. <laughs> I found another article about a couple arrested at their own wedding following the discovery that the bride, the bride's dress was stolen from the groom's ex-wife. A bride and groom got arrested at their wedding after it was found that the bride's wedding dress was stolen. The wedding dress actually belonged to the groom's ex-wife, and she called the police, listen to this, when a mutual friend texted her a picture on the wedding day. So they're on the wedding day, walking down the aisle. Someone takes a picture, sends it to the woman. This looks familiar. And the woman called the police in the middle of the, cer- the ceremony. Fucking hell. The bride was also wearing the ex-family's heirlooms that the mysteriously went missing when the groom and his ex got divorced. The mutual friend who shared the photograph was taken, uh, put it on a, on a Reddit. Uh, mutual friend who shared the picture has since, taken, has since taken to the I am an asshole subreddit. I guess there's something called I am an asshole subreddit. <laughs> To seek outside opinions over whether they were in the wrong to alert the ex-wife about how similar the dress seemed to be. And she was, after she was accused of ruining the wedding, the 38-year-old woman explained that she had previously worked with the ex-couple. In time, she moved jobs, but the Redditor, uh, the couple split up because the guy cheated on her, but then he moved out. He moved out the wedding dress and a few family heirlooms that went missing. Mary assumed that they misplaced them in a different box and figured that they would turn up eventually. Despite leaving the company, uh, Adam stayed and works in the same department. Uh, when she announced the engagement to this other woman that he cheated on, Mary, the whole department was invited to the nuptials. On the day of the wedding, the Redditor, 
noticed that Chelsea was wearing the same dress that looked suspiciously familiar, to, uh, similar to the dress that Mary, the first wife, had worn on the wedding day. She snapped the picture, sent the picture to Mary. Doesn't this look dress look familiar? And then the first wife calls the police directly, and the police the police shows up in the middle of the wedding. Police asked Chelsea to remove the dress and jewelry, but she refused. The bride and groom started to argue with the police, and they're eventually taken to the police station. I think, I think with that, I think she did the right thing, but just at the wrong time. Like, notify her, but not during the fucking wedding. Somebody was, somebody was hurting. Somebody was mad. Someone's mad. I mean, can you imagine getting a text like, this is your dress, and instead of just kind of investigating or let it go, you directly call the police? Yeah, but then I also think, did that woman actually know that it was his ex's dress? He could have just been like, oh, I've bought you a wedding dress. You just don't know, do you? Because I feel like if if it was me and we were getting married and you were like, here is my ex's dress, I'd be like, no, I'm not wearing that. It's just weird, isn't it? You wouldn't want her. You're right. I think that the the woman did not think that it was the same. I mean, the fact that it would fit correctly – you know, it was the same size and you didn't have to do any alterations. And how do you work that? That's a move. That's a tough move to work. Mm. Like, I think I found the right dress for you. Like, what if she says, <laughs> I don't like it? I mean, what if Honor picked your dress out for you? Oh, my God. I wouldn't even let him do that. It's against it's against the, the written rules of marriage. There are a mm. lot of written rules against about marriage. Mm. I think... No, I don't think I could put that trust in you. He has absolutely no fashion sense. So. I couldn't even be trusted to go and pick my own suit in fact. No, he couldn't. Really? <laughs> yeah, I went with him. What was the what, what was the worst idea that he had for the wedding? Um, for, for the for what he was going to wear. What would he like? Honor, if you could have, what would you have liked to wear? Well, she said that I had to wear a suit, so I said, "All right, I'll wear a track suit." <laughs> oh my god, you're pushing the limit. Like you're going like, to like a Russian gangster. No, I feel like. You and Danny kept sending stupid suits. Yeah, yeah. They were like there was like pimp suits, you know, like um, like purple pimp suit. That that wrestler, the Godfather, I think he's called, and he has that purple suit. And Danny was like, "You should get this as a suit." They were just winding. That would have looked gangster as out there. (laughs) I remember just getting a regular grey suit that I ended up wearing for wearing to work. Like it was, I was uh, we were working at a restaurant. And then they found out that that was my wedding suit, and they used to make fun of me. <laughs> in my wedding suit. It wasn't like, I mean, it looked like a regular suit, but it was just like, wasn't that the wedding suit? It wasn't the suit you wore to your wedding. And I was like, no, this is a totally different suit than the one I was like, wearing for wedding. How come on your pictures it looks like exactly the same suit? And I was just like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. I didn't really have a lot of suits at the time, so. Well, I have a couple of things if you want. You want to do some more stories or if you want to hear weird wedding traditions around the world. Yeah, I like the sound of the weird wedding traditions because yeah, they're... they're always intriguing to me. They're people, very strange. People, yeah, people tend to come up with, you know, like people, like, what is it, superstitions? People have superstitions yeah, they and do. that. There's some bad yeah. ones. Uh, number one, this comes from uh, Culture Trip. Culture Trip is uh, unusual wedding traditions from around the world. Number one is from South Korea. I guess in South Korea, you do what's called beating the groom's feet. Following their re- wedding ceremony, some South Korean grooms are subjected to a certain amount of ritual where that leaves them with, uh, before they leave with their new wives, beating of their feet. Jesus. His, his groomsmen or family members remove the groom's shoes, bind his ankles with rope, and take turns beating his feet with a stick or, in some cases, a dried fish. Uh, <laughs> what? 
though obviously that's pain- insane. Though obviously painful, the ritual is over quickly and meant to be more amusing than an act of punishment. And apparently, as the groom is often quizzed and questioned during the act, the beating of feet is meant to test the newly wedded husband's strength and character. Best, I best order sell myself a dry fish. <laughs> I, you know, I part of me seems to think that the the Deadpool mask will be at the wedding. Will there be any kind of like YouTube coverage? Will there be a YouTube video that you sneak in? There's, there'll probably be some Instagram stuff, but probably not YouTube. Yeah, absolutely no Deadpool either. I tell you what. I tell you what. And, and I'm not. I'm not trying to promote it. I'm not trying to like push it or anything like that. But when you this new thing you do where you have Deadpool walking in the door and then you answer the door and then Deadpool throws something at you, that might be my favorite thing that you do. You have this like interaction and you always have this angry interaction with Deadpool. So I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking like. Maybe Deadpool makes his thing, and then you make a face, and then you have this kind of interaction between you and Deadpool. Like I see that, you know. Maybe you know, I, I did. I did actually contemplate it. Right, I contemplated actually putting the Deadpool mask on while I'm stood at, at the like waiting for her to walk down there. No, aisle. you no, do not I even. Did. Dare but then I sort of felt like that. I thought like it's maybe a bit embarrassing just to stand there. No, that is absolutely ridiculous. I feel like you're feeling that. No, I, I would, like I would walk down that. the aisle if if I if I, I feel came like, in and I feel like you want that now. No, That's absolutely it. not. You 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 mind telling me Can't no? But your body, your body's telling me. What, yeah. what would be the negotiation? Would, it, would you be able to, you know, you'd have to do some sort of negotiation. You can't just, you know, like take a beating on your feet or something like that. I uh, would, uh, if he if he stood at the end of the aisle with a Deadpool mask on, I will beat more than your feet. You are fast enough. You are not fast enough to. Be, wait a minute. What are you gonna do? Is, <laughs> that, <laughs> is this bad or good? I don't know. What. <laughs> You are horrendous. Well, one thing you don't probably want to be is in uh, Kenya, the Maasai marriage, the in mass, the Maasai people do what's called spitting. Uh, during the wedding, the, during a wedding at Kenya's Maasai people, it's often customary for the father of the bride to spit in his daughter on his daughter's head and breasts before he leaves. With her <laughs> What what might seem strange and disrespectful custom to certain cultures actually makes sense within the Maasai culture in which spitting is seen as a symbol of good luck and fortune. Spitting can be seen in other areas of the Maasai culture too. Spitting tribesmen will spit in their hands before shaking hands. That's where that comes from. You know, Uh people spitting in their hands. Uh, Will be spitting their hands before shaking hands with the elder as a sign of respect. It's also a tradition to spit on a newborn baby to ward off bad luck. I'm just going to start spitting on everything now. Yeah, you're going to just start. Good luck, man. What are you talking about? Um, just imagine my dad just rocking up and spitting on your head and your chest. <laughs> they have to explain it all. Have you heard of, uh, in Scotland, they have something called blackening. Have you heard of this? No. Mm-hmm. Taking st- stag and hench traditions to the extreme in parts of Scotland, usually in the Orkney Isles. Uh, Aberdeen and Angus grooms and brides are subjected to particularly grimy ritual known as blackening usually taking place the day before the wedding blackening involves the bride or groom's friends seizing the soon to be wed and covering them in a mixture of treacle suit feathers and flour before noisily parading them around the streets according to the University of Highlands and Islands of Iverness the tradition is carried out to ward off evil spirits that's 
That is, I've never heard of that before. It seems a bit wild. That is wild, <laughs> isn't it? That, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Uh, like ta- it's like Tower and Feather, <laughs> isn't it? Like Tower and Feather. Yeah, right. Um, some of these are boring. Uh, there's in China. There's called the crying ritual. Weddings are often an emotional affair, but in certain parts of China, crying is a required part of the preparation for marriage. A month before their forthcoming nuptials, these Tulgia brides will cry for an hour each day. Ten days into the ritual, the bride is joined by her mother, and ten days after that, the bride's grandmother joins the weeping duo, and eventually other female families will join together for a cacophony of crying. Uh, termed uh, something something uh, in the western Sichuan province. The ritual is said to date back to Chinese warring states when the mother of a princess broke down in tears at her wedding. Fucking hell. That's a lot of effort, then, isn't it? How can you, like, force yourself to cry for an hour? Yeah. It's a lot of of emotional unleashing. I feel like your mum's probably cried longer than that in the thought that I'm getting to marry you. (laughs) You tell it, then it's good luck. Then you spit her face, and then no, <laughs> double good luck, right? I mean, if I do that, that's your fault. If I get drunk and do that, oh, you are you are responsible. I'm responsible. I'm yeah. responsibility. I'll take responsibility. Yeah. Here's good luck. You know, I mean, can you imagine trying to explain that? I will tell a, a story. Uh, my dad's. I was my the best man at my dad's wedding, and I remember this wedding so well because. The day of the wedding was the opening day of the original Batman with Michael Keaton. And I would gotten tickets. The first scene, the first screening in this movie theater by our neighborhood, the first screening of Batman, I went to it and I had like half an hour to get home, get my suit and go to the wedding. I fucking ran. I ran. I'm like, there's just no way I'm missing this. Like, I was so excited. Batman, I mean, Michael Keaton is my Batman as far as I'm concerned. Like, yeah, he was a good Batman. And we saw the first, it was the first one. No, there was never any comic book movies out. And, you know, Jack Nicholson's The Joker is just awesome. And it was, and, and the Prince album is the most underrated Prince album of all time. Everything about that movie is awesome. And I remember being late to my dad's wedding. My dad said to me, why were you late? And I said, don't worry about it. You don't want to know. And he goes, why were you late? And I said, I was, and I had a Batman pin on my lapel. I don't know, I was like 15 or something like that. And he says, why are you wearing that pin? I'm like, well, I went to the Batman movie. And he goes, you, you relate to my wedding because of the Batman movie? And I'm like, I mean, you know, it's a, I mean, it's your fourth marriage. I mean, I, mean I, I think that I have a little leeway. I mean, are we really that upset? I mean, I'm here and it's not, it's not late. And then what happened was, was he's, we are, we are, he, we are, we are Jewish, but not really religious. Like we don't speak Hebrew. We never went to Hebrew school. So his wife wanted him to have a traditional Jewish wedding. And he, he didn't speak a lick of Hebrew. Like he didn't know. So he had to, uh, the rabbi would say something and he had to repeat after him. It was like he would, the rabbi would say something. And then my dad, I don't know what the fuck my dad was repeating. He couldn't. (laughs) It was so funny that I couldn't stop laughing. So there I am. I'm late. I'm wearing a Batman pin on my lapel. I'm fucking dying of laughter because I can't understand. He's not repeating it at all. It's hilarious. And then other people are laughing and he's mad at me and stuff like that. And he ended up getting revenge on me at my wedding because in the Jewish religion, they take a glass and they put it in cloth and you kick the glass and then, you know, you break the glass, that's a sign of good luck. What you're supposed to do is just use a light bulb so it's easy to bust. So you wrap something, you know, a piece of glass in, in a, in a, uh, in a, like a napkin, and then the, the groom 
hits it and then it makes a noise and everyone says, oh, good luck. He put a rocks glass, like a heavy glass, <laughs> and he put it down. And I couldn't break it. I mean, I mean, he might as I mean, I could have fucking died. Honestly, it was so thick. It was so thick. I could have like shard. It would have gone right through my foot. And I said, "You can just put like a light bulb in there." He's ah, don't worry about it. You weren't strong enough. It's not. Gonna... And then he, like, basically, he, like he put like an evil spirit on my on my marriage. So. Back to back to cha- back to uh, back to strange cultures in France. This is the probably the grossest. There's called le pot de chambre. Although uh, we might associate France with haute cuisine, a certain stomach-churning French wedding tradition known as la soupe is about as far from le cordon bleu as you can get. Following the wedding, re- with the wedding reception, guests would traditionally gather leftover food and drink and place it into a chamber pot be- before presenting it to the newlyweds to drink, supposedly to give them energy on- for their wedding night. So basically a chamber pot is like a, portable toilet so they would put so supposedly to give them energy thankfully when the tradition was er, observed nowadays the bride and groom are usually served a slightly more appealing appealing concoction of chocolate and champagne but they were putting um leftovers and booze in a chamber pot and making them drink it Malaysia and Indonesia, Borneo's bathroom ban. Members of Malaysian Indonesian uh, Tidong people in Borneo observe a tradition that states the bride and groom must never leave their home or use the bathroom for three days after their wedding ceremony and are kept under watchful guard and allowed only a small amount of food and drink. In the Tidong culture, which uh, not observing the ritual is said to tarnish the bride and groom with bad luck, often resulting in infidelity and breaking up of their marriage and the death of their children. So, fucking hell, you wouldn't even last five minutes here. Uh, I couldn't even last an hour. I mean, I literally couldn't last an hour. I like, go to the bathroom three days. Can you imagine that's a long, how that's a long time? Be? That yeah. you're getting ma- you're getting married, and and then you have to prepare yourself the night after the wedding. That you can't go to the bathroom for three days. I mean, I feel like that that that's probably going to end your marriage sooner. Because imagine if you're in bed with your missus and then she just fucking fires out a big shit, and then you're just going to be like, "Yeah, that's, oh, that's not bad for me. luck." As yeah. you turn to her, it's that two days. <laughs> two days. You guys have been holding it together. You're lying in bed, and then somebody drops a deuce in the in the bed. <laughs> I mean, bad luck. Bad luck for everybody now. I mean, marriage is over. That's insane. Yeah, there's a lot of bad ones. Uh, I think the spitting one's pretty pretty good. Uh, <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. You're just going to be doing it all night. Thank you. <laughs> You're going to be spitting <laughs> on people. That's good luck. Uh, in Sweden, you may kiss you. You may all kiss the bride. Many many Western weddings, the immortal words uh, "You shall now kiss the bride" signifies the sealing of the couple's vows with a kiss. But in Sweden, the kitchen the kissing ritual is taken to a whole new level. At the wedding reception of the newly Swedish couples, if the groom should leave the room, the male guests of the bridal party are permitted to kiss the bride. Similarly, the bride leaves the party, the female guests will come in to kiss the groom. I won't be having that. I mean, these are all stupid. These are all such stupid, wasteful things. It's like, it means nothing. It's strange, isn't it? I mean, Uh, when you're married, like, that's your your partner isn't it i mean you'd probably like that one yeah some girl coming and kissing you it happens all day every day I mate know, that's I why i have imagine, to wear scruffy clothes all the time sick of fighting them off i am so what else 
So you're excited. You're you're all ready to go. You're gonna you're gonna go off to you're gonna go off to Cyprus. Are you are the kids coming with you on the honeymoon? Not a fucking chance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know why I thought that. I mean, been... Nah, my mum's having kids. We, we, we booked we booked a villa because we we were looking at hotels and stuff, and obviously Emma's absolutely fucking ridiculous, and she was looking at these posh as fuck hotels for like what you know, like specifically wedding places, weren't you? But, but I said to her like. I'm just not like that. That's just not me. I don't fit in places like that. Like everyone's going to be posh and there's going to be fucking Yorkshire me rocking up, fucking swearing and all sorts of shit. So we decided to go with a villa, but we went on holiday before lockdown. It was nice just having a villa and that one. It just, yeah, just it's not private. Because you don't like people, so yeah. and we're not we're not not big drinkers, are we? So it's it's nice. We just go we chill out and yeah, we won't be doing a lot. So there won't be any drinking on this honeymoon. No, no there will be. We'll there absolutely will we're be. Not, we're not like we're just not massive drinkers, are we? No, but we do drink when we want to drink. I mean, last time we did, and you were worse for wear. But... Yeah, I think last time we went on all day. The first night we got steaming, didn't we? Oh, the first, yeah, the first night we went all day. When so we went to we would go to Tenerife. Tenerife. Yeah. The first night we got there, we went, we were like, oh, we'll go out. And we'd been in a few bars, and obviously they do like the wild, wild like offers where you, you like pay. I think you paid. 20 euros and then you got you got 10 shots two oh, bottles of beer and then Christ. and yeah, then just a, loads of random yeah. stuff weren't it and after we'd been there we walked off down the road and Emma being the fucking weak lightweight that she is <laughs> started laying on the floor and crawling on the floor I so weren't crawling you were mate oh no you were just laying on the floor just being, a, just being a div and then I was like come on mate get up and then loads of people walked over and they were like what are you doing to her what are you doing to her <laughs> fucking ass. So I nearly got my fucking ass beat on the first night we were there. <sighs> Jesus. You do I do enjoy when you guys go on vacation because there's usually like you see the the partying and you see the good times, but you also you're not afraid to show the bad times. Like the next morning <laughs> the next morning videos are always very good. Oh my right? god, yeah. That that last holiday, then morning videos you took of me, I was in a bad way, weren't I? That, I, that, that one that one comes to mind where I'm I'm like sat there fresh as dizzy, yeah. look at you and you just go <laughs> that, that that particular video could have been my favorite because I yeah because I could tell that Otter was holding it together. Let's not let's, let's not cut let's cut the shit here. You were holding it together for that. Ah, oh, fresh as a daisy, and then all of a sudden there's poor Emma just be like, "This is." Do you know what? I, like honestly, I, I I do get bad hangovers, but strangely that that one that day I hadn't. But I think maybe because she got so drunk, I hadn't drunk as much. I think that's why. But usually, I mean. I get very bad hangovers. I think I have, it comes with being old. I think it does. I mean, I'm. It gets worse and worse. It, I, oh. I can't. I mean, it gets worse. The hangovers get worse and worse. But I have to tell you this story because it happened today, and uh, you know, it's no secret that I, I love Peloton. And the, one of the things I love about Peloton is I do like following the instructors around, like kind of like seeing what they're doing. So I guess last night there was a big party for one of the for one of the instructors. So it was a Saturday night party, and then they, you know, the Peloton like tries to make these people like celebrities, and they're kind of some of them are interesting, but most of them are pretty shallow and not that interesting. So there's mm-hmm. this huge party, and I'd like to do the live classes on the weekends because I don't have as much going on, and for some reason it must be because of the radio stuff and kind of being part of something. I do like the live classes. So I'm last night I'm watching, and, I'm, and I was planning on doing a couple live classes this morning. They're out all night long. They're they're just like they're wearing tuxedos and they're wearing suits and they're just like, and I'm like, and I'm all of a sudden it just dawns on me. It's like two of these people have got 
seven o'clock in the morning classes. And I can't wait to see what happens. So I get on seven o'clock in the morning and it is rough. It is rough. It's just like <laughs> no sleep, no sleep. They're croaky as fuck. They're not excited at all. And this one, this one uh, person was just like, I just had one drink and I hadn't get any sleep. And let's just get through this. And then I was, and then, and then I, and then I was, I was watching her Instagram live and she was just like, oh, that was kind of, you know, that was so tough. And then I wrote in and I was like, who really went in hard in the paint last night? Which instructor should we be going to see? Because now this is the class. You got to go to the drunk, hungover <laughs> Peloton instructors, the class I want to be in. I want, that's what I need in my life. And then she responded, I'll never tell who went hard in the paint. So then I went to this, the oldest teacher who is this woman, Jen Sherman who's fantastic. She was so green on that bike. She was <laughs> unrepentant. Like she said, I'm not going to be standing up when it's time to stand up. I'm not going to be going as hard as I tell you guys to go to as hard as I, as I go. And you're just going to have, we're just going to have to get through this together. And the whole time she's not talking, she's quiet. I'm waiting for her to ask for like a garbage can. And what I should have known was that, and she was so stupid because they got her an, a hotel room right next to Peloton. So in her mind, she's going out for the night and then she's like, oh, obviously I don't have to go home. I can I got this hell I got this hotel right next to the Peloton so she went hard in the paint all night long. And then nine nine thirty there was the Peloton class and she was fucking screwed. And that was my favorite Peloton ride. So now my favorite hashtag is is I like a hungover Jen Sherman. Like the best rides of all time are when they're hungover. That's perfect that John I never even really thought of that. That would be I feel like I want to do that now. Oh, <laughs> take them that's, classes. That's the best because, like, when you know, if they have classes with like lot with audiences and they have to be like on, but it, when it's just them and the camera, it's the real person. And those, the ones that are in their bad shape, she says, "I, let's see, I'm getting older. It's not getting any easier." And I don't know how this other woman got to do it. And I, I went, I, I gave, I went home as as early as she did. And, you could tell this woman was doing she, she said she didn't remember what drink she had she's trying to run this fucking peloton class and this garbage yacht rock music's going on it was hilarious you know, I, I, actually oh, feel, sounds I actually feel like quite like it's i sort of respect the fact that they do that rather than peloton being like yeah if you're doing these classes don't be normal no, it's like it's normal, isn't it? Like we we go out, we drink, we go to work, and and we fucking run through the day on autopilot. And I feel like it's quite a good thing. Like it makes them it makes them human rather than just fucking fake ass coaches. I like it when coaches. they complain about traffic. I like it when they <laughs> complain about their kids. This one woman complains about what her dick her kid is, and I don't know <laughs> that that's what I want. I want the real humanity. I don't need like, yeah. you know Gary V telling me how to live my life on the Peloton. I want you to be as miserable as I am. You know, some of them instructors are oh, can't cope with What them. was that guy? Who was fucking oh, did, uh, I can't. He like shadow boxing and that like, like in between the things, and it was just fucking ridiculous. The, yeah, they are annoying. In fact, he said he was going on about being from the Bronx, wasn't he? And he was like, "Oh, when I was in the Bronx, we, you know, we just we all we had was ramen noodles or some shit." And I was like, oh, I, "I think we turned one mate. off, didn't we?" It was his mate. It was yeah, right yeah. just yeah, draining. It's just I, irritating. I I would think I hate being hungover nowadays. Like I I kind of had to stop drinking for the most part because like the hang now I'm almost forty nine and the hangovers are awful. I mean they're I mean they're like I can't. 
I can't cope. I, I don't want them. I don't want anything to do with them. Like it's like it, it get worse as you get older. But I did appreciate the fact that she, the show must go on. They could have canceled the show. She could have just said, I can't do it. I'm too fucking hungover. But she went through it. She green as she was so green. It was the best. And, and, and my outfit was, was even the better. Best. It was Evil. the best. Evil. But I mean, seriously, I mean, do you want, do you want, re- I mean, that's the best. I tell you what, that's the thing about honor that I, I enjoy and what you guys do on social media is you're honest. Like, you know, there are times where I, I, I think I saw you uh, honor do some stories like after the stag do, and you look like you had, you'd had a couple, you know, you look oh. like, you look like it was, a, it was a rough, it was a rough recovery. He was green when he came home and he walked through the door. Did you know, he walked through the door and he just went, I'm off to bed and then just went to bed. Yeah, it was fucking rough. Oh, I, bad. The worst time I, the worst hangover I had was I missed my train coming home and I had to call my wife. I was two towns over. I missed the train stop. I fell asleep on the train and she picked me up and it was, she picked me up in her bathrobe and it was like, it was like everything. You're just like, she's just looking at me like you are just human garbage. And, then, <laughs> and, then, and if I had walked and I could, didn't even know where the hell I was. Like I was walking on the highway and this is years ago. And she always tells me, she always reminds me of the story. And, and it was actually my business partner took me out years ago and I ended up, I had like bottles of beer in my pockets. I mean, I was really, I was, and I was like, just don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep. Of course, as soon as I said that, I fell right asleep. And the next day I was like, I was on the couch. I didn't know. I didn't have clothes on. It was, I slept all day. And then she just said to me, she says, you know, this marriage is going to be real rough if we have more nights like this. I'm like, trust me, I don't want any more nights like this. And I can't do it anymore. It's just, do you know, I, I always think, like, people have been getting hangovers for years. Why have they not just invented some of what gets rid of fucking hangovers? Well, you just there, need to invent some of it. I feel like there's... last Christmas was your your best, wasn't it? Yeah. I feel like... Go ahead. Am I even allowed to tell him what happened? <laughs> oh, just All fucking right. tell him. I don't care. Oh, that is absolutely brutal. <laughs> I do, am I actually allowed to tell him? Uh, mate, I don't even care, mate. I've lived it. I've lived it. <laughs> you will actually believe it. So last Christmas he was absolutely steaming and he, we were all just dancing and being ridiculous, me, you and Laura, weren't we? And then anyway, it got to a point where he was like, went a bit green and he was like, I need to go to bed. Anyway, so he went to bed about an hour later and me and Laura could like hear him um, like barking. So I'm like, right, he's barking, but he's not in the bathroom. So Barf- You mean barfing? Yeah. Well, we say barking. Barking. Okay, okay. So throwing up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah up, um, I thought you were saying barking like a dog. <laughs> I mean, it could have been. It could have been barking like a dog. Um, so we we went upstairs to see what was going on. So I'm like, if he's being sick, he's being sick in the bedroom. Um, anyway, open the bedroom door. Honor is stark naked. He's at the end of the bed on all fours, being sick all over the bedroom carpet. But not only is he throwing up, he's also shitting on the carpet at the same time. Oh my God. So could you imagine, can you actually imagine that sight? I was furious and I was so drunk myself. You know, it gets to that point where you're so drunk and you're just so tired and you just want to go to bed. And I'm like, no, I can't deal with this right now. So we tried to get him up. Anyway, obviously you can imagine he weighs a ton. We can't get him up. We had to, we're trying for ages to get him up. Got him sat on the toilet. He sits on the toilet and then just throws himself off the toilet into the landing and he's, he's just lied face down on the landing. 
shit everywhere. <laughs> I had to wipe his ass, clean him. I had to, I had to clean his shit up, and I had to clean his sick up. So yeah, that was the worst Boxing but... Day that year was not a good day. It, it took me, it took me five days to recover. Like for five days, and like I was in bed for three, three of them. Yeah, I? you were. That was fucking horrendous. That that was definitely the worst. Yeah, but you were drinking like pints of rum. Like that's it, oh you, what God. do you expect? I thought I was clever. I'll never do it again. Well, I know you won't. <laughs> oh I mean, can you top that though, really? <laughs> well, are you, I mean, I think that there's a similarity between the mindset of you don't remember what childbirth is like. And you also don't remember what a hangover is like. Because I remember my wife, my, our, the, the birth of our daughter, I remember being there and I thought that there couldn't be more pain than what she was going through. She was fucking miserable. And I thought to myself, there's just no way that she'd want to have another kid. And then, you know, it seems like the mind makes you forget these traumatic events, kind of like childbirth and being hungover. And you just don't rem- you don't you don't think to yourself, I not want it. Like if you see a table saw and you touch the table saw and you cut your finger off, you you go to the hospital, you get stitched up and you're like, I'm never touching the fucking table saw again. <laughs> but I mean, like if you get fucking shithoused. And you're you're out with your friends, and then you got five days. You you're covered covered in barf and shit, and then you're 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 hung over for five days. You forget that shit in two weeks. You're like, Look how <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It? Do you know what's strangely though? Like for for so long, I didn't drink at all, and because every time Emma had mentioned going out, like the thought of the hangover just put me off. But then it sort of faded away. Now I mean, we were drinking last night, weren't we? But yeah. not not to like not to like a ridiculous extent. Not and we are shitting in the bed. No, no. usually Honor pisses the bed when he drinks, and he didn't last night, so he must have been all right. As you say, usually I've done it twice, and unquestionably, both of those times it was centralized to the bed, so it could have been. No, 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 absolutely not. (laughs) The future, future, I present to you, Mr. and Mrs. Kagler. (laughs) Emma, will you be taking taking the, the Kagler name? Yes, yeah, I want the same name as my boys. Yeah, they already they already think it's strange that you haven't got that. Yeah, name. they don't really understand why I don't have the same second name. There you go. Well, I present to you the the future, the future and the present, Mr. and Mrs. Kagler. I wish you guys the best of luck. I, I'm 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 looking forward to seeing pictures, and we everyone follows you, and you're you're just such a great family, and we love I love seeing you guys walking around and doing stuff with your kids. Your kids seem like they're such a you got a nice family, you got a really nice family, and it's it's nice to see. Uh, we all pull for you. We're pulling for you as a family. I mean, the dickheads boss. Any parting words? You anything to say? Any uh, excited for the marriage? Any last words? The people want to know. This is the royal wedding coverage. Don't look at me like Come you. On. You why you want me to You're say? You're with all the words. I don't know what. I don't know. I'm. I'm sort of like I'm. A, I'm an old. Oh, well, I say I'm. I like to you think. You are pretty old. I'm, I'm old, yeah, but I like to think of it old school way. Like I've never been engaged before in my life. I've never been married before in my life. So I'd like to think that this is the only time I'm going to get married. Well, hopefully, yeah. Well, if I if yeah. if. If it if it fails, I'm not getting fucking married again. Cause fuck that. I mean, as long as you don't get absolutely steaming again and you know shit yourself, we'll be you can't right. leave me for that because I've already done it now. <laughs> I, I've got. I hate, I hate to say it, but I think that I think that marriage is also those things that people forget too. Like my dad got married four times. You think he'd learn after the first one? You know, <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of guys who like to do it. So I mean, you never don't never say never. It's like getting hungover, having kids. 
You never know. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think, you know, you just spit on each other a couple times and he hit each other's feet. <laughs> And you guys are in good shape. I'm all yeah, doing a I'm dry fish. To that. Congratulations. Well, thank you so much for coming on, guys. We're really excited for you. It's a, it's it's cool that it's cool that it's great to see some marriage. You know, you know, I don't I haven't I haven't uh through lockdown, you don't see a lot. And it, it is great to see uh you guys doing this and wishing you the best of luck on the wedding and your future. Thanks Thank for having us on. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Kagler. Guys, go follow. You know you already follow Dyes in every film on Instagram and Facebook and, and TikTok and everything. You go check out what he's doing. But Only I want fans. you to OnlyFans. You got the OnlyFans page. You got the, OnlyFans. See, see, you got the pictures of him throwing up and barfing and shitting on the bed and the OnlyFans page. Go follow Emma Whitaker. Are you going to be changing Emma Witt Tattoo? On no, I'm probably just going to... I think I'm going to keep it. All right. Emma Witt Tattoo of Allegory Tattoo Scarborough. Go check out what she's doing. She does beautiful renderings. There are no tattoos. There are no tribal tattoos. She's not doing any of that. She's not doing any flash. It's all high-level stuff. So thank you once again, Emma and, Kat and, and, and Honor. Congratulations, and we will see you after the wedding. Thank yep. you. See you on Saturday. <laughs> See you on Saturday. All right, guys. Thanks again. Cheers. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Makers.